Hey guys, Hunter here. Wanted to ask you a quick favor. Uh, we're really trying to grow the podcast and it would really help us if you would leave us a review. So go on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to the podcast and leave us a review. It's going to help more people find out about us. So we appreciate it. Now let's get to the show. With the Coyote Fitness Podcast, Hunter here, coming to you from the Flowwood Studios with Tyler and Caleb, with Caleb and Tyler. Check. However way you want to... No, there's uh, a way. There's <laughs> a way. <laughs> I like the first one. Uh, okay. Let's so run it back. <laughs> so t- today we're going to talk, speaking of, we're going to talk about comparison. <laughs> no, we're going to talk about progress. We're going to talk about how to determine um, how fast you could make progress if the progress you're making is a... Uh, a um, I don't know, a great amount of progress in the amount of time you have, or if maybe there's some things that you could look at to, uh, to speed your progress levels up. And we're going to talk all things on, uh, determining, um, where you're at in your health and fitness journey. So I think this will be a really good discussion guys. I think with a lot of, a lot of the conversations I've been having with, um, people joining the gym and then people that have also been here, um, and been a member of Coyote fitness for a long time is I get the question a lot is like, Hey, what realistically, how much progress can I expect to make in my first couple weeks, months, or even year at Coyote Fitness? And then I'm also hearing from people that have been here for weeks, months, and years that are like, man, I wonder, am I making progress fast enough? Should I be getting stronger quicker? Or should I be, you know, getting more rounds and reps in my workouts? And so something I'd like to maybe learn from, from y'all and hear from y'all is, um, and y'all's perspective here is, you know, what is a realistic projection that you could make with your fitness level over time yeah i mean for me the, working with a lot of nutrition clients we, we work with clients exclusively on year contracts now and part of that is because there are so many different stages of progress and having a guide in the stage where you see results really quick and they're very drastic and then also how do you how do you stay motivated when you get to that stage where progress slows down? I think we can talk about this from a body composition standpoint, and we can talk about it from the standpoint of um, what happens when I don't feel like I'm seeing results in the gym, and how can we keep a level head in the times where I'm expecting progress, but progress is not going to happen. Like it's it's never we talk about it all the time. It's not a linear progression and so because progress isn't on a straight line then it becomes a uh just an understanding and an education of what is success and so when i when i think we can define success for people uh at different stages it can help them see what they think as no progress is actually progress because you're one you're not going backwards and two you're buying time to get to the point in the journey where you see a spike and they don't happen on the same timetable through the years so uh when we're talking about making progress specifically it's so hard to speak in general terms it's impossible to speak in general terms because everybody comes into uh health and fitness and a completely with a completely different background as far as what they've done in their life for training for weightlifting what their diet history looks like how old they are what their lifestyle currently looks like um and so it's really hard to determine well this is how fast you can expect to make progress um because of all those different variables and then the other aspect of it is 
a lot of times people will be making progress very quickly, but they are just comparing themselves to other people. And so they don't feel like they're progressing as fast as they think they should compared to somebody else. And so a lot of it is um, not realizing that you are doing awesome and you're making very good progress, but you're still looking at somebody else and comparing yourself to them and feeling like I should be where they are six months into your journey when they are six years into their journey and thinking that, you know, you're not seeing all the, all the time they put in to get to that point. You're just looking at where they are currently and feeling like, well, maybe I can put the, the work in in six months and get to where they are. And it's just an unrealistic expectation of, of how much progress they can make in a given period of time. Yeah, I was having a conversation with someone just a couple of weeks ago, and this kind of made me begin thinking about this is, you know, this is a, a guy that had been a member of the gym for well over a year and uh, did an in-body scan and then starts tracking food. And in two weeks is down, you know, more overall pounds of body fat than in the whole last year and i was like you know he was a little bit bummed out about it. he's like man i really feel like i've been tracking my food really hard and i've really been paying attention to what i've been eating like i should be you know way further ahead in, in two weeks when realistically it's like man you, you've made more progress just beginning to measure some of these things like you're saying hunter like being very specific in what you're putting in uh in these two weeks that you've measured you've made more progress at least from an in-body scan perspective than you have over the last year so I really think that comparison gets to us a lot um, because I think we see a lot of people only posting the good on social media or a lot of people only celebrating you know the the right now and it's like this is all a prog a, a process this isn't something that happens overnight getting to where we want to go and his goal was to lose pounds of body fat in a pretty quick amount of time so over the past year that has not been his goal in two weeks he changes his goal really buckles down and sees results and so i was like man you should be super proud of that so it's just kind of that mindset shift of like what exactly are you measuring and, and what is it that actually matters as far as your results go the way i like to think about it we've talked about this before i think this analogy is very helpful if you're measuring progress you can you know you think about climbing a mountain at the bottom of the mountain like you're going to be walking on some some flatter areas it's you're going to go faster but as you start to get higher in the mountain and you start to get higher on the journey um, maybe longer in the journey maybe you start to set more aggressive goals progress happens a lot slower but it doesn't mean that the progress isn't just as impactful right and so um you know sarah and i last summer went on a hike and we hiked like a 10 mile hike to um, what I thought was pretty steep, um, pretty uh, intimidating. But at the bottom, it was a lot of like families and kids and you're walking and it's super chill. And then as you start to get to the top, it's like, all right, now we gotta go up this 100 foot, you know, actual climb, hands and knees. And for people in the journey, I think a lot of times we compare ourselves to uh, people who may be at a different part and we see, oh man, they covered a whole mile in this time. They lost 10 pounds, they lost five pounds, but they've been in the gym for a year and you've been in the gym for six years. And so I think that's also another aspect of it is like you said, Hunter, there's, you know, oftentimes we find ourselves comparing progress, but there are 100 different factors that go into progress. How, you know, what does your life look like up to this point? How long have you been training? What is your lifestyle at home? Like, what is your sleep? Like, what is your family dynamic? What is your work stress? What is your, you know, all these different factors. Um, contribute to 
why comparison sometimes can lead us down a frustrating path and why it's important to first eliminate that and then start to gauge uh, your expectation. I think that's probably one of the most valuable things of having a coach is being able to manage your expectations and set realistic goals for you. Because if you go to a coach and tell them, I want to lose 100 pounds of body fat in three months, um, can you help me do there? A, a good coach is going to say, you know what, that's probably not realistic. It's going to, I can help you lose 100 pounds, but it's going to take a little bit longer. But let's talk about um, what your lifestyle is and how, how dedicated you're, you're willing to be and how much you can devote to this goal. Or, you know, you can say, I want to add 50 pounds to my back squat in 12 weeks. A, a coach is going to say, you know, that's probably not realistic. I can definitely help you add 50 pounds to your back squat, but it's going to take a little bit longer. Let's talk about how much work you can put into what your recovery looks like, what your lifestyle looks like, and then I can give you a little bit more realistic timeline of how long it might take to put on um, 50 pounds. I had uh, I had somebody reach out to me a couple years ago, and they had a goal. Uh, they said, you know, I, I wanted to ask you what you thought about this. I want to be able to squat 500 pounds and run a sub five minute mile um on the same day do you think i could do it and this person was already fit and already strong and i said well i definitely think you could do it now realistically i think you're 18 to 24 months from being able to do that and it's going to be this x amount of work for a very extended amount of time and if you're willing to do that, I can definitely help you get there and write you a program, that type of thing. But it's going to take all this work and dedication in a two-year span to do that. Is that something you want to do? And when that when it became rea- a reality to them, this is that's actually how much work it's going to take. I'm not really willing to sacrifice that much of my life to just for this arbitrary goal that I think would be cool to say that I would do. Um, and so I think that's one of the most important aspects of a coach is to say, all right, that's where you want to get. I can help you get there, definitely. But this is what's going to take. Are you willing to sacrifice all these things to be able to get there? If so, let's go for it. But if not, um, I just want you to know on the front end that, yes, this is what it's going to take. And so then we could maybe set a realistic goal to where that matches what you're, the effort you're willing to put in, the sacrifice you're willing to make, and the time that you have to that you want to be able to make that goal. The the sacrifice versus what the outcome actually means for you is something that I think sometimes uh, we, and it's, you're right, the coach's job should be to play that out because when you start to really line up, what does this outcome that I want, is this, you know, I want to lose 10 more pounds on someone who's fairly lean already, it's going to take a significant amount of work. and sometimes the reality of what that looks like is not known to the person who's setting the goal. And so, like you said, having that honest conversation about what, and that's a benefit of coaches that have seen so many different people. And, you know, we get to coach nearly 700 people. We get to see the timeline of progress from a lot of different people. And we can help our, our members and clients see and know, is this goal worth 18 months yeah. of not being quote unquote balanced uh or is this a goal that i have today and maybe like next week it won't be you know as as important as important you know there's a lot of different spectrums of that but i know the crossfit open is a time when people set a lot of performance goals and the performance goal that they have that first muscle up may take 
losing 10 to 15 pounds of body fat. It may take, you know, because of that, eliminating some of the balance that you have on your weekends and how much you're going out with friends or how much alcohol you're bringing in and how much you're tracking your food. And it's like, oh man, that one Friday night of the year where I maybe can do a muscle up in front of 15 to 20 people, I'm not sure if I want to change my nutrition for the next year to be able to do that. That's a great conversation because, you know, for some people it's not worth that. For others it is. And that's when I think having um, some guidance is very important. That that's actually a perfect kind of transition into a lot of the conversations I've been having lately with people that are that are wanting to get started with Coyote Fitness is a lot of times people are coming in and if you could see kind of in the office like right now where we're sitting, you know, we've got this uh continuum on the wall of sickness, wellness, fitness and kind of where certain um health markers line up into that a lot of people they come in they say hey you know i just had a conversation with a doctor and i'm pre-diabetic or i have diabetes or uh my doctor has told me hey i need to lose some weight or else you know i'm going to end up with a heart disease or some type of chronic disease having these conversations with people like a lot of people are coming in with the goal of getting off of medication like hey i do not want to be taking seven to nine pills every single morning just to be able to go on with my day i know there has to be some other type of way to solve this problem and we've got the solution for that problem here and what i think is so cool is that a lot of people come in with that goal and then there's a light bulb that kind of clicks whenever they sit down and they say it out loud like i want to be healthy i want to be fit i want to you know, fit in clothes that I haven't been able to fit in for 10 years, like those type of sort of bigger goals. When we start to kind of like you're saying, Hunter, like take some realistic measurements and some expectations of, okay, well, what is it going to take for, you know, you to get your A1C from 11 to five? What's it going to take for you to get, you know, three inches around your waist off or for you to feel good about the progress that you're making. And it's like that light bulb, when they sit down and say it out loud, it just clicks. So let's talk about that. Like, I think people are listening and thinking, okay, how, like I'm at this stage, let's just go through some of the stages and talk about what we've seen um, through the years of the expectation for progress. So let's talk about someone's first six months when they come to the gym. There's people who come to the gym and they make just the only thing they add is they start coming to the gym three to four days a week. Um, in my experience, when people start doing that, they can probably expect to lose, uh, I don't know, three to four pounds of body fat. They're going to add, they're going to for sure add four to five pounds of muscle. They're going to lose. All right. So let's say that that's a total net. So let's say they lose, they add four pounds of muscle, which is very realistic for people who have not been exercising. Uh, and then they're going to lose maybe a little bit more body fat than that. So six or seven pounds of body fat. The scale is going to move a couple pounds um, and it's going to happen in the first six weeks. Yeah. Right. When people add in the nutrition component, which is what so much of what we're starting with, even now with bring a friend week, you know, adding in a nutrition consultation for free for our new members. We're running six week challenges at every gym. Uh, we're, we're including six weeks of a nutrition guidance into that. We're seeing people double or triple that. Yeah. They're adding two to three, four to five pounds of muscle, but they're losing 12 to 13, 14 pounds of body fat. Um, so I think there's, you know, the I joined the gym and I just started the gym. Then I joined the gym and I start to change my diet. I start to add some protein. I start to maybe for the first time add up how much I'm eating and progress doubles or triples. Um, 
in the first six months, what do you got? I mean, what else? What do y'all see for people? And you know, what is that timeline? I think is it is it a six to six weeks to six months? I think the six week. I I, I love the idea of the six week challenge and the nutrition aspect being the intro way into seeing progress because you know we we've all had seasons where we're being a little bit more intentional about our nutrition and we see progress happen in that time frame Um, i think six weeks is a is a perfect time frame to set the habits to set the expectation and the baseline hey if you really are you know intentional about what you're putting into your body and coming to exercise at the minimum four times a week and you're drinking about 100 ounces of water every day and you're sleeping you know seven hours give or take uh, being in bed for eight and a half you're going to see results like it's going to happen and so that confidence there gives not only like the confidence that we have as as coaches to provide that but the confidence that people gain through seeing the results i think actually Mo- like pushes that six month time frame a lot further than it would had they waited six months to start doing some type of extra nutrition or paying more attention to their diet all of a sudden in the first six months and hunter you say this a lot is like you know you're I, and i tell people this like you're three months away from feeling better than you felt in the last 10 years you know and and that's 12 weeks mm-hmm. you know you're 12 weeks away from being you know your life feeling totally different and being changed in a better way and so the expectation right when people come in and they say i want to feel better i just want to feel better like i feel like i have no energy and i do not like the way my clothes fit or uh, i have no confidence and it's starting to affect my outside life like we can't necessarily measure all of that but what we can measure is the actual composition progress and say okay how does how do you feel now compared to when you did when you came in or before you came in and 10 out of 10 times when people see the results happen it just boosts that confidence so in six months i mean people's lives can be completely changed in the better way from where they were before they started yeah to me the timeline is all dependent on how consistent the person is going to be and how frequent they are working out how strict they are with their tracking and their nutrition and you know, the Beachbody Challenge highlights this to a T because the people, the more points they get in the Beachbody Challenge, the more body fat they lose and the more muscle they put on. And so in, in a six-week time frame, we've seen people lose 8, 9, 10% body fat um, who have been super strict and come to the gym every single day, whereas the average is closer to 3 to 4%, which is still great for a six-week time period. But yeah. it depends on how quickly and how much you can dedicate to to doing the things that need to be done to be able to uh, make the progress and how adherent you are. And if you do stick with it and over an extended period of time, your, your results can be drastically shortcut. You can lose a drastic amount of body fat in a very short period of time if you're very strict with it. But if, if you want, you know, if you don't have as much to give as far as time and energy and, um, want to make a little bit slower progress, that's completely fine too. Um, it's just being aware that, we're going to have to set a longer time horizon to, to reach our goals, but we can definitely get there. It's just going to take us longer. Um, and so to me, it's all about how much you have to give, how much time and energy and how consistent you're going to be before we can really set, set a timeline into, you know, what you can expect because in six weeks we can see, like I said, a wide range from 10% down to 1% body fat loss, depending on how, how consistent you've been with your nutrition and your diet. 
and you're and you're working out and then you can go into a year from now somebody who has worked out 250 times compared to somebody that's worked out 150 times well on a on a week-to-week basis it doesn't seem that much different because it's only two extra workouts a week but on a year time span that's an extra 100 workouts so they've done um, almost two, you know, two thirds of the amount of work that the three times a week person does in addition to what they've already done. So, you know, in a year and a half, they've already done literally two years of training compared to other person's one year of training. If you're, if you're tracking my math there. And so good math. Yeah, the, uh, the, uh, the frequency and the consistency determines how quickly or slowly your progress will come. Nutrition also, you start to, I mean, it's the same, it's kind of the same concept. Like you just, that, uh, the math that you just gave, it's really the same thing on, on our nutrition because oftentimes we have a short memory with what we eat. And most of the time, like if we said, Hey, quick, tell me what you ate last Tuesday, you'd have no idea. And so if you stack 52 weeks of, I don't even know what I ate last week, then of course the time horizon for ex- in the expectation is probably not going to meet reality. Most of the time we are going to err on the side of we ate a little bit more than we thought uh, and we probably had a little bit less protein than we thought. We probably had a little bit more alcohol than we thought when you think about the entire summer. Uh, and so for, for all of these metrics, when we start talking about stages of progress, it almost is impossible to do unless we have some measurement. Uh, and so unless we're able to actually track those things, it's really hard to set expectations. And so one of the things that for me I see often is we expect a timeline of progress without measurements. And if you just randomly, if you had a blindfold on and you just picked up random dumbbells and lifted it, you probably wouldn't expect to make a lot of progress with it. It'd be like, oh, this could be 20, it could be 15. Um, but it's the same way with our nutrition. It's the same way with our exercise. Uh, and so if we're not, I think the biggest thing that we want to do as coaches is help people when they do say, I'm frustrated with my progress. We want to be able to actually have measurements that we can look at to help set a correct time horizon. So if you're frustrated with your results or, um, you know, if you just want to set a projection for what could the, what could I do in the next year our job is to try to help you match up expectation with what is the reality. And if you can do that, you're going to be happy whether you, whether you lose 2% body fat because you decided, hey, this isn't a stage where I want to track my food. I'm going to be lucky to get in three days a week. And I want to make, or maybe I just want to maintain progress. Uh, or if you're someone who says, hey, I, want to, I, I see that person over there. I really look up to them. I want to, I want to look like that then all of a sudden we can really say, okay, well, I know that this person does these things. We need to measure this and see how we're stacking up. So expectation meeting the reality of what's happening is a recipe for happiness and contentment in the gym. And so I I really think that's honestly the the best way to go about that. Um, Let's talk about like the physical progress real quick. So uh, one of the things we hear a lot, uh, PRs in the gym, all right, I don't feel like I'm getting stronger. I hear this from people uh, fairly consistently is, hey, I feel like I'm just missing something. You know, I don't feel like I'm getting fitter. Or you hear, man, my conditioning is just going downhill. You know, I don't feel as good on the rower uh, as I used to. Um, How would we have a conversation? How would you guys have a conversation with someone who says, hey, I don't feel like I'm making progress in the gym? I would start by saying, okay, what, what makes you feel that way? 
and it's almost always, well, uh, so somebody else is beating me. That's what it boils down to. Or somebody else I feel like is making progress faster than me. And so then we can look back and say, well, you, you could talk about the rower example. I don't feel as good as I used to feel on the rower. All right, well, let's let's go back and look um, at some of the, the rowing workouts and determine what what are you comparing that to? Are you, are you comparing that to when you started? Maybe you've got more efficient on the rower, so you're able to put more output out. So you're actually doing more work, pulling at a higher rate while you're rowing. So it hurts worse than it used to when you didn't really know how to row very well. Um, and then we can always, you know, I, it's really funny. People will say this and then we'll do a benchmark workout and they'll PR by a minute or two minutes. And we're like, <laughs> yeah. oh, well, I guess I am getting fitter. Well, yes, when you're coming in, it's almost that subconscious thought that I've been coming six months. I should be able to beat this person. But you're comparing yourself to somebody else who's been coming for six years, like we talked about before. And um, that's why we like to do the benchmark workout so frequently because we can compare to um, – you know, to ourselves and what we used to be able to do. And then with the strength example, um, sometimes it's people that are comparing themselves to uh, what they used to be able to do when they were training for two to three hours a day. And now they're training two to three hours a week. And you can't realistically expect to be able to hold on to those gains that you got when you were putting in 10 hours a week when you're putting in three hours a week. And so being realistic about where you're at in your life um, is a, uh, you know, is a really important thing to be able to do. And also realizing we're not always going to set PRs for the rest of our life. It doesn't work like that. You're going to get to yeah. a point where you're going to, your muscle, your top end strength is going to start going down, but there's nothing wrong with that. That's part of life. Our goals change and our lifestyle change and, uh, the, the reasons that we're training, uh, uh, changes. And so if we can, we can, you know, focus on that, um, we, the reality is we're doing this ultimately to extend our quality of life and extend our life. And we're, we're trying to hold on to our gains for as long as we can. It, you do eventually get to that point in your, in your training career. Um, but if, if you are coming consistently, you're doing, you're checking all the boxes, then we can start looking at, well, what's going on? Are you tracking your protein? Let's, let's start with that. If you're, are you hitting your protein every single day, seven days a week? Well, I'm not really tracking on Saturday or Sunday. Okay, well, let's start with that. And for a lot of people, that can be, you know, a game changer. Just all of a sudden, they're getting enough protein, so they're going to start making, um, you know, strength gains. So, I mean, there's just so many variables and factors that we have to look at to determine what, what's making the, the client feel like this and then really hone in on, on that. But I think a lot of times we overestimate what we used to be able to do and how good we used to feel and underestimate what we can do now. Yeah, I think, I mean, that covers it. I think the one thing I may would add is sometimes, and you, you mentioned a little bit, I think of it as the case-by-case the case or the day-by-day -day basis as compared to the weeks in and months out. So, man, today I, I really feel like just the rower just, I couldn't get it going today. It's like, well, did you sleep last night? Have you had any water today? Have you eaten anything today? Sometimes it just those day-by-day -day things, we may be a little bit out of rhythm, on a day-by-day -day basis, but week in and month out, you're definitely fitter than you were. And I know, like, you know, I'm definitely guilty of this as we do a workout with a movement that I know a year and a half or two years ago, I couldn't do outside of just basic skill work. And it usually comes down to some type of skill movement or some type of weightlifting implement where it's like, man, you know, that the pound of that barbell in this workout used to be something that I could do one time. And today we did it for three rounds for time, 10 reps. So 
you know, even though, it, yeah, it feels harder in that moment because you're like, man, I, you know, we did 30 cleaning jerks today and that felt like a lot. It's like, well, two years ago, I couldn't do one cleaning jerk at that. And so it's the, the yeah, day by day, it, it should feel pretty challenging. But week by week, month in, year out, you know, it, we're all getting a little bit fitter so long as we're still checking those boxes. One thing I do want to call out too is people greatly underestimate the fitness level of Coyote members in general. And there are a lot of very, very fit people that work out at, at Coyote. You know, we hear it all the time. Members from Coyote will go to a competition and win or get on the podium or they'll go and drop in at another gym and everybody's like, where do you work out? Like, you know, you're really, really fit. And so you, we just underestimate how fit everybody is at Cody. And so when you're comparing yourself to somebody else and we're like, man, I thought I did great on that workout and I'm 25th on the leaderboard. Gosh, I mean, what's wrong with me? I'm not making progress. Well, you're comparing yourself to a whole lot of other fit people. Uh, if you, yeah. if you, if you tank your comparison and let point it outside the walls of the Cody and, and point it out to the general population, man, you're way fitter than 99.99999% of the population in the world. And so realizing that, um, Ultimately, that's what it's about. And, yeah, we want to use the, the competition to push ourselves and get more out of ourselves and, and do that type of stuff. But ultimately, at the end of the day, you're, if you're comparing yourself to a whole lot of super fit people, you know, you're going to be humbled every single day. We're all humbled every single day. Even the fittest people in the gym get humbled every single day. You know, Meredith, my sister, was one that is ranked one of the top 100 women in the world in the sport of fitness, and she still gets beat frequently at Coyote. So think about that for a second. Somebody that's was ranked by CrossFit games as, you know, 60 something fittest female in the world is getting beat frequently inside the gym. And so, you know, those are, these are conversations that we all have a feeling that, gosh, I should, I should be doing better, but it's just a real, uh, it's a perspective thing and realizing that you're comparing yourself to so many other super fit people. You're not ever going to be the fittest person on every single workout on every single day. Well, and the, the great, I, I love this analogy because, um, that's the truth at the CrossFit games. I think I'm pretty sure Justin Medeiros, the first year that he won, I want to say he didn't win. A, he, he maybe won. He didn't win an event. I don't think he won an event. Yeah. He lost to someone else on every single event, and he's the fittest man on earth. Um, and so one of the things, and, and another another thing that I think is important too, because this is like we're talking in the in-house here, but you can fit finish 20 seconds, 30 seconds behind someone in a 15-minute workout. That is nothing. That could be three seconds per round on a, on a movement. That could be the rower being a little bit further away from the rig. We get frustrated about things that are could be set up that way. And you look at some of the CrossFit Games athletes and they maybe lose by three minutes yeah. to someone else. You know, so pick your favorite athlete. Um, there's been a workout where Justin Medeiros has been two minutes behind someone else. Two minutes. That is a huge gap, but that doesn't frustrate him because fitness is a large, is a really big picture. Yeah. And so for the competitive kind of mindset person as far as the progress, that's really, really important to understand. Uh, another thing that's important to understand is the percentages of your best, that how much that varies every day. People drastically underestimate um, how it is completely normal for your 80% to be what feels like 100%, and that is okay. So taking that pressure off of yourself to say, man, last week I was pushing on the bike and I was you know, getting this number of watts or this number, this cadence, and today I don't feel like I can do it at all. That's normal. 
because probably the person beside you also has that too. This may be the day they feel good. This may be the day where you didn't sleep very much or you're a little bit dehydrated. Uh, maybe you went out on the weekend or you were at a wedding and celebrated. Maybe you traveled and you just got out of the car for three or four hours. So taking that pressure off yourself as well, it is completely normal to, to not feel to not feel your best and that's okay that doesn't mean that you're not making progress uh most of the time it has to do with us looking down at our feet instead of looking up at the big picture and so identifying is my goal when i walked in the gym to to be in the best shape of my life at this stage of my life if that's the case we should be looking up at the horizon and and not looking down at our feet uh so to speak of are my feet further from the end line than this person beside me are they a little bit further ahead of me um in the room when i should be looking at the mile you know looking at this long this long term um the last thing i'll say just kind of for me closing up like one thing that I, i heard recently that was very impactful for me was i have a tendency to compare 10 different traits from 10 different people and want to be at the have the conditioning of this person that ran in college the strength of this person that did weightlifting in in high school this person that uh just from a physique standpoint had abs when they were 10 years old uh you know that would that's a real thing genetically like i wish i had shorter arms so my arms looked a little bigger you know and then someone else has short arms they're like man i wish i didn't look so bulky in my shoulders it's like well you know those things are without our not in our control i wish i had the finances of this person i wish i had the relationship of this person um and so oftentimes we when we think about the timeline of progress we can get frustrated because we're taking 10 unique one attributes of each person and trying to create this this mythological person that's not reality um and and that's not fair to ourselves and it's not fair to that person either um and so i think that that's another thing if you struggle with you're not alone but also just kind of take a step back and say you know these types of progressions um i can't put that pressure on ourselves because that's not that's not reality and so for us learning to be uh content with the whole package that we have um and to choose maybe one thing that we would like to to get better at and to not also be focusing on in so many other directions uh, because we'll never live up to that. That's so good, man. Like that's, that's spot on. Um, I was thinking about this and this is something for myself kind of on closing thoughts. Um, I've been thinking about a lot lately is um, I get really caught up in the word should. And Hunter, you said this to me a, a while back and it's stuck with me is like, there is no should, or at least there shouldn't be a should. Right. And so when we get caught up in the should, when we get caught up in the I should be doing this, I should be doing that, when really I think a healthier way to look at it is, well, I am doing this, I am doing that, and knowing the realistic expectation of what the outcome will be is a way healthier mindset. Because I know for myself, I can get very caught up feeling like I have a chip on my shoulder at times, you know, where I should be already achieving this goal that you know, has been set when really it's a five-year goal. It's not a five-month goal. And so for myself and, you know, I, I hear you, you know, with the the whole package, right, is like, you know, there should there is no should. Should comes from other people and yeah. what you are doing comes from you. And most of the time the shoulds that make us feel guilty or that make us feel like we're not making progress are actually our perceptions of what other people have told us we need. Absolutely. Yeah, where are, wherever you are and whatever – fitness progress you're at at this point is is because of all the things you've done up to this point 
And as soon as you can accept that reality and say, I'm where I am because of all the stuff I've done up to this point, then you can, you can take control and course correct if you feel like you need to, um, to set goals going forward. But one thing I wanted to wrap up was I thought that, um, I think the human condition is to focus on our negatives and gloss over the positives. So we have, if we win nine times and lose once, we're going to dwell on that one loss and just gloss over the nine wins. And I think that's just a lot of what happens inside the gym as we focus on the one thing that we, or the one day we felt like we didn't do well and, are saying well I'm not making a whole lot of progress and then we can that's what a great coach is for us to look back well what about last week when you set three PRs oh yeah I forgot about that what about what about the 20 pounds you've lost in the last six months let's look at this before picture from two years ago let's look at let's remember where you were when you started oh my gosh I I can't even believe that's what I look like and you know people say that kind of thing that stuff all the time it's just so easy to, to 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 focus on and dwell on the on in our mind losses um, and just gloss over all the wins where there's some, there's probably somebody else looking at you saying, gosh, I wish I was as fit as they are. Gosh, I, I, look how much progress they're making. And, you know, we can just get so focused on our own plight that we that we just completely forget about where we are. But that is the human condition. And so it's always great to have somebody else to talk to about those things and give us some perspective because yeah, we can we can wrap ourselves up in our own thoughts and, and, and start spiraling really quickly uh, in that case. So. Really, really good discussion, guys. Uh, let's move on to the next segment. Outside the box. Nice. So I'll start off real quick. Um, this weekend I am going to – Tyler's going to to, to uh, the uh, the Coach Coach Page's Hall of Mississippi Sports Hall of Fame induction ceremony Saturday night. I'm really excited about it. Uh, Coach Keaton's dad is getting into the – inducted the Mississippi Sports Hall of Fame. Coach Page coached me uh, when I was a, a kid for a couple years on our – baseball team and then he coached me in college at Millsaps and had a profound impact on my life and uh we have a table of some of the guys that I played college with and it's been really fun getting the group chat going again and you know getting back the old uh the banner going again a little little smack talking and uh just really excited to hang out and catch up with some guys that um spent a lot of time with on the bus and in practice and uh quoting some movies with and and razzing each other and all the, all the fun stuff that goes with it and uh, go celebrate coach page so uh looking forward to that this weekend and uh you know just re- reliving some of the old glory days yeah that's cool um coach page coached me at a young at a young age that's how keaton and i've known each other um for all these years and we always played baseball against each other growing up um it's cool to be on the same team now um with coyote fitness but coach page definitely from a mentality and a maturity standpoint really impressed a lot upon me at a young age um so i think back to uh like kind of working some of the millsaps camps and some of the fun like i guess the roles that i've played through life have always sort of been uh like modeled after coaches that i've had and so he's been one of those uh big time influences for sure so that'll be fun i'm pretty excited uh i will not be attending that i will be attending a baby shower um, we have a little, a small little, uh, family baby shower that we're doing. So I got some family coming up. Um, so let me tell you how thrilled I am about that. You should be. It's going to be amazing. No, it's always, it's good. It'll be good to should. see family and hang out with them. Um, there's that should word. <laughs> did I say it? I did. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was about to say, I didn't even know. Uh, all right. Recommends. Can I? Am I allowed to move Go the ball down Go the field for it. here? Yeah, I got to recommend. Up. So here's my recommend. I'm not a huge basketball guy anymore, but growing up, my mom played college basketball. I grew up going to camps. She was a camp leader, and I, we we eat, sleep, everything basketball. Pistol Pete, 
tutorial videos, old school VHS. I mean, all of it. I, I love basketball and played through high school. And, but, you know, just haven't gotten into it. It's hard to prioritize that. Golf is a little more relaxing right now than, uh, than, uh, than playing basketball is. But um, I got to kind of go back in time a little bit through the uh, Apple TV has this uh, movie called Underrated. It's the story of Steph Curry and his the underdog that he's been his entire career being a fairly small um, undersized under skilled in a lot of ways when he first started to becoming the greatest shooter of a basketball that's ever lived and the story goes back and forth between him right now and his uh, career at Davidson going to a small D1 school one of the smallest D1 schools in the country and taking them to the Elite Eight uh, in the NCAA tournament in just three years. Uh, and so it kind of goes through that story and it was awesome to look back at, um, the, the tournament that year and how many just ballers were, I, I didn't realize how many current NBA stars were on college teams back in, I think it was the 2008 year. Uh, and so anyway, it was awesome to go back in time. And that was when I really followed the NCAA tournament and was still, you know, trying to predict brackets and really, really love the game. So that's a really cool story, uh, pretty inspirational. And uh, anyway, so that was a little blast from the past. You guys might enjoy it. I actually saw that and, and thought about watching it, so I'll have to add that to the list. So I got a TV show to watch, Justified Primeval on FX. Justified is one of my favorite shows of all time, and they're running it back for a, a single season um, with uh, Raylan Givens, one of my favorite TV characters of all time, Timothy Oliphant. One of my favorite actors, and uh, I've I've really enjoyed the the season so far. We already got a, a great villain, which Justified has some of the best villains on TV of all time. So, uh, really really enjoy it so far. Uh, we've been watching on Hulu. It comes on, on FX. Uh, like I said, I think it's just a limited series, one season. Uh, but Justified Primeval, bringing bringing uh, Raylan Givens back after about I don't know 10, 15 years. Uh, I'll stick with the the TV show theme. You know, I'm not typically a big television person, um, but uh, Cassie and I have been uh, we're kind of nerds, so we like The Witcher, and The Witcher just dropped like a prequel to kind of how the origin story. So there's an origin story out for The Witcher. If you haven't watched The Witcher, um, it's kind of sci-fi nerdy fun, but uh, pretty cool prequel. It's called Witcher Blood Origins. So sounds super aggressive, but it's man, pretty cool. Blood, Blood Origins, yeah. Origins, based it's, off a uh, video game, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's it's very like uh, sort of the Hobbit esque. This 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 is a um, little bit more towards that kind of Lord of the Rings style um, show. So if you're into that, you maybe check out The Witcher on Netflix. It's cool. Let's All right. Go. Well, that's it for this week. Thanks uh, for tuning in, and we will catch you next time. Silky smooth sounds.